What's up, guys? Welcome to Witty Banter. It is episode number 29. How's it going, people? We're getting up there in age, yeah, man. We are. We're getting close to 30. That's a big number. Yeah, that's a midlife crisis time for sure. <laughs> yeah, Witty Banter really <laughs> needs to get his shit together. Needs to move out of mom's house. Get a job. Get a job, Banter. <laughs> get out of here. You're drunk. Go home. <laughs> quit, quit reviewing beers. No one's paying you. <laughs> well, sweet. It's uh, what? September 19th. Okay. It's a Friday. What time uh, is it? It is currently 3 p.m. We're kind of looking outside at a uh, at a dreary Austin forecast. Overcast day. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's been a crappy week. Yeah, it really has, especially for you. I feel like. yeah, <laughs> he's dude. had a tough week, guys. So uh, the well, fact that not... you get to be here and 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 do well, the the banter has been good. Last week was the week from hell. Last <laughs> week my car engine exploded, yeah. and then without the car I was biking and my bike pedal fell off. <laughs> And so we had all that going down, but to, this week's just been busy. So I'm ready to like relax on the microphone. You know what? You deserve it. I I really do. I'm gonna you drink know, these you're beers. You're gonna beer these beer these up. Well, speaking of beers, it's okay. a witty banter tradition to review one every episode. Do we do do we do that? Sometimes yeah. we've been known to. Ah, that's right. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce the beer as you start to pour it up. Okay. This cool. beer is imported from England. It is from the brewery. These growly beers. Wow. That just... sounds so cool. Okay, so it's imported from England from a brewery called Moreland, and there's actually a little story behind it. It's called the Old Speckled Hen, okay? And the reason we got it is because of the story, and apparently this brewery, um, Moreland, had made a beer for its own employees at one point as like a celebration, maybe for like an anniversary of some sort. Mm -hmm. And the beer was so wildly popular that they just decided to make it as one of their flagship beers. And where the name comes from is this red car that apparently was in the factory that they would zip around in and, like, take things to and from. Yeah. And they called it the Old Speckled Hen, and that's that's the name. It has, like, on the uh, on the case in which we bought it, it has a big circle and, an, and a U.K. flag, and it says, the U.K.'s favorite premium ale. I don't know what basis they're going off of to be able to say that or claim that. I don't know who they pulled, but it works because we bought it and we're trying it. On my poor dude, look how pretty this looks. This thing's gorgeous. Look at that. Look at the head on that. It's like, it's a on the head on it. It's not like if you were to describe the bubbles on the head. It's not like these big poppy bubbles. It's like just a foam. It's just like a super creamy. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, it's awesome. But then whenever it gets past the head, like right below the head. Dude. It's yeah. It's, it just looks. Did you see when you poured it? How it just slowly like it collects. Like, yeah, it collected from the bottom and it worked like from the bottom up into the head. It was just ah. So good stuff. it's branded itself a a drought pub ale. Okay. So I guess what it's going for is that just a um, like a beer that you would just a typical beer on on tap over in England. You yeah, know? this is kind of the the description that they give themselves on their. Uh, on their package, a distinctive, rich, malty taste, oh bursting God. with character, fruity aroma, and deliciously smooth. It I can smells kind of, so good. Does it really? Dude, take a are freaking... Are you excited? I am giddy right now. Like, my pants are getting tight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you're growing? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Yeah, dude, that's... I, I just... It smells it is, milky. It smells good. Yeah, it smells kind of like... It looks and, and acts almost like it's going to be oh like my God. a porter or like a real thick beer, but it's like... Hunter, take a drink okay. right now. You have to. Oh my goodness gracious. How, what do you, how do you feel about that? 
Damn, dude. Damn. That's some like interesting stuff. That's right like there. one of the smoothest beers I've ever drank. It's smooth as hell. It, it really is. It's silk. It went down so easy. Okay, so let we got to actually talk about this thing. Okay, let's so do it. the head is super creamy and white and almost like caramely um, as far as the color goes. Yeah. The, it's super filtered and it's like a deep amber. Yes. Like almost a brownish amber. Really like, yeah, just glowing. And it's as awesome. far as the aromas, when they say fruity, I can tell that it is fruity, but I can't tell what fruit. Yeah. But I can also just go ahead and smell the malt base that mm-hmm. this is on because I feel like this thing is just a malt juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Like whatever barley they were using is just delicious. It's nice because it has character and uh, body, but it's not like, I feel like it's so smooth and so like light. Yeah. While at the same time being this sort of like milkshakey presence, it's I don't really know how to describe it. It like man. smells. I'm having a tough time describing this. It like smells and tastes like a milkshake, <laughs> but goes down like a soda, like a lager or something. Yeah, yeah it's it's awesome. Well, it also is only five point two percent. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of low on the alcohol uh, percentage level that we're used to. But, so a little um, thin, but. Mm-hmm. First start off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm already loving it. Yeah, we are excited about this beer. Digging this Easy beer. Easy to say. Okay, well, any more house cleaning you want to go through before we get into uh, banter time? I can't. I, I don't really have uh, much to say. All right, well, then let's go ahead and hop right into it. I'm, I'm down to hop, Daddy. This is Witty Banter. <laughs> okay, why don't you go first, Hunter? Okay. So my first uh, little little peach that I'm going to throw out there is that three companies have recently been granted permits in California to test around and drive around their own make and model of different self-driving cars. Oh, okay. And so um, the leader in this, I feel like, is, for the longest time has been Google. Yeah. Testing around that just uh, self-driving car all over the world. And we got some competition. But and it's but it's weird, yeah. Like Volkswagen applied, Volkswagen Audi applied for it first. Okay. So they got the first permits, and they have two permits for it. I think you have to have a separate permit for like different cars that you're testing and stuff. Um, then Mercedes-Benz got one. Oh, the or Ger- got two of them. The Germans so are the coming, Germans, man. The Germans are starting. The Deutsche kommt. Nine, nine, nine. And then uh, finally, Google and Toyota, I believe, are working together. Weird. Uh, more, more so, Google Lexus, and I think that Lexus is coming out with some like SUV that they're planning on trying to like incorporate Google software into to be able to like do their own self-driving stuff. And they got twenty-four of the twenty-nine permits issued. Okay, Google did? Yes. I guess that makes sense because they've kind of had the most experience right, yeah. so far. And uh, it used to kind of just be its own thing. It was it, There was no regulation against, you know, like having permits or like allowing companies to drive these yeah. driverless things. It was so new that it just like happened. Yeah, they kind of just let them do it because they didn't really have any, have any precedent for it. But uh, recently they actually made like a couple of regulations and some of them are that like the company that is driving or that is testing the car has to carry $5 million worth of car insurance for each car that they're testing. Yeah. And then they also are required to have safety drivers behind the wheel, like to be able to report on accidents that happen or just, you know, just to have safety because the uh, self-driving car movement has been basically tailored in a way that they're saying you have to be able to make these to where the driver can drive the wheel when they want to take over. Right. And that's for safety purposes and stuff. 
It's weird that they have to do five million in damages. Like what in case they crash into a Ferrari or something? Like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what the precedent for it is, but yeah, uh, they made some regulations and stuff on it. But they recently issued this, and I just thought this was interesting because it's like one step closer to kind of yeah, so that sort of notion, that idea that we can be able to just drive around and not even have to touch the wheel. Yeah, before we move on, just what are your uh, so clearly the trail is being blazed even further for self-driving cars. How do you feel about self-driving cars? I think it's dope. Yeah? I think that self-driving cars would solve a lot of drunk driving accidents. Okay. I think that it would be great for work purposes because if you're in traffic and say say you have 30 your minutes. Makeup. Say you have 30 minutes to a meeting where you have to give maybe not a presentation, but you have to be able to talk to some subject and you haven't like prepared adequately enough beforehand. You now have the entire ride to your office to be able to prepare that stuff. That's like 30 to 45 minutes where you could just like lay out all your thoughts and kind of just like prepare for the day and like let yourself have that instead of like worrying about freaking traffic and the guy in front of you being a, a dick. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. I, 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 I don't think that it's flawless. You know, I, I'm not going to just say everything about it's awesome, but I think there's so many upsides and they outweigh the cons that I'm about it. Yeah, if they could use it to solve traffic issues, I'm for it. Yeah. For sure. All right, so <laughs> let me go ahead and throw something at you here. Walmart and Best Buy have announced that they will not be endorsing Apple Pay. Ooh. They have stated that, will, that they will not implement the scanners necessary for the service. It's Walmart and who? Uh, Best Buy. Okay. And uh, this kind of shows a bit of division among companies because McDonald's and Macy's have signed on. Oh, yeah. So you have... Some pretty big juggernauts you have and have not, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and what they cited for the reason why they're not going to is that each individual kit required for Apple Pay will cost $500. Really? Not to mention upkeep and maintenance. Wait, say that again? A kit? What are you, what are you talking about, a kit? Apparently, like in order to use Apple Pay, they need these little receivers that pick up the signal that the phone is Oh, so the company out. has to pay for that So stuff. the company has to install a $500 receiver to use Apple Pay. And these companies are like, no, I'm not going to buy, you know, however many it's going to take to put these in all my stores. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, I mean, the cost of $500 per store for Walmart would be like negligent or negligible. But I, I think it's more so the idea behind it that they're not, not, not necessarily the logistics of paying for these new service things. I feel like it's more, I feel like it's probably a lot more just like they don't want to have people roundabout ways of paying for stuff that that they aren't in line with i don't know i don't know about that i can't really like speak to what their motivation but would be maybe walmart's just like our patrons probably don't even have iphones <laughs> you know so why we spend five hundred dollars <laughs> you <true>. know <laughs> like it's true enough. but with best buy especially they have like they are focused on technology and yeah they've got their little centers with uh like a phone you can buy phones in there you would think that they would be like one of the first people to jump on board so yeah, I mean, it's just, I just thought it was cool, not cool, but interesting to see that there's already some pushback. Did they publicly state anything outside of just the receivers that they'd have to pay for as a reason why they don't want, why they don't support it? Or? That was the main thing that I got out of the news story. Okay. So hmm. that just seems so interesting to me. Like, I guess I understand the distaste with having to do something like that, like being forced to do something like that in order to have Apple pay. But at the same time, it's like... Is that really the problem, or what's the real underlying reason? It's just weird, because you brought up last time, and I didn't even know this after the um, conference, that you have to you have to pay like a little premium to use it, the consumer. So Tiny, they're, yeah. they're taking money from the consumer, and now you know they're requiring all these places to buy these receivers. And 
when you watch the conference and you just see, oh, don't use your wallet anymore, like, sweet. But we also have all these little caveats to go through. <laughs> and it's starting to become like a bloated pain, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it's it going to be interesting to see how Apple Pay plays out. I think it's going to go through and like, I think it will kind of have this network effect where it goes through and people start using it and stuff. But if it's not done in the right way, there could be some sort of backlash that happens and then it just wipes out that entire possibility. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like it's either done really well or it's done not right. Like it's basically opinion. one PR nightmare away from not working. Yes. That's what, exactly what I'm thinking. I guess it's out now. Aren't I mean, the iPhone 6 has been shipped. I think there's people on the internet who are already receiving them. Right. I think today was supposed to be able to day, be the day that people can get iOS 8. Right? iOS 8 is out. Yeah. I haven't downloaded it yet. I haven't either. Yeah. But I do know a lot of people are saying they kind of overhauled their um, keyboard as far as guessing what words you're going to be typing and like mm. autocorrect. You think to a fault? No, no. To like a lot of people are praising it. I'm a little. Cautious, because like literally nothing chaps my ass harder than bad autocorrect. Yeah, bad autocorrect. Like I used to pride myself on how well I could type on these little bitty keyboards, but now I just want to scream anytime I have to use them. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's like, where's your originality at? You know, like Apple suggesting things for you to say so that you don't have to think about saying it. You just (laughs) press the button and say it. Like, come on, like come up with your own answers. Come up with your own (laughs) words. Come on. Okay. Well, um, okay. So I'm gonna, it, wait, hold on. I'm going to bring it around the horn for you, Hunter. Bring it around the horn. Here, here. All right, I got it. <laughs> so uh, the next thing I kind of want to talk about, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, is net neutrality. And this has been a huge topic trending lately. Um, big players like Reddit and Facebook and just like all these big internet giants are kind of split, but most of what I've heard, especially from Reddit... Well, is so what is net neutrality? What's okay, going so, on here? Yeah. Net neutrality is the idea that the government is going to place regulations on internet service providers and that um, basically the internet's not going to be the free wild west that it was anymore. And so I think that there is kind of... We it's have it's these, like a lose-lose situation, in my opinion. Well, we have these megalithic cable companies now yes. that we pretty much have to deal with. Right. And it's getting to the point where they're throttling your data. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Which a, I don't understand what the point is to do that. I don't know either. I mean, I guess it's just using their resources in specific areas. and Because I do know that, you know how Google Fiber is here in Austin? Yes. Ever since Google Fiber came here, Time Warner Cable had to like severely up their you know, like megabits per second, basically. To be able to compete. To compete. And what's funny is they've claimed for years that, oh, uh, internet users don't even want internet that fast. They don't even need it. But the the (laughs) second competition comes in, they're like, okay. Oh, wait, we're going to give it. It pretty much shows that they have (laughs) the capabilities. They're just holding, withholding them. Right, yeah. And which is ridiculous, you know? Um, But yeah, the whole whole thing about net neutrality that I kind of want to say, or not say, but I want to, come maybe to a resolution about Get on that soapbox hunter what what conclusion should we draw what what way should be we be uh, kind of leaning towards because there's one side where there are these yeah these huge gargantuan internet service providers that essentially run the town and there's no other competition in each of these cities and stuff especially like you know, if you have big cities like Austin, you have a little bit more possibility. We have Grande instead of Grande's a bomb. Time Warner. You know? I'm digging Grande. They're a nice little independent provider. But um, when you have these smaller towns that aren't, you know, big metropolises, you essentially have a, a monopoly. 
on on the market. And so everyone has to go to these people and they can throttle your data like selectively if they want to and charge you for whatever price and you have to pay it. So in all those things, you're like, okay, monopolies suck. I don't want to be under people's thumbs like this. This is ridiculous. But then you go to the other side and you start imagining an internet without, or an internet with regulations, an internet with the government kind of bounding and saying what we can and cannot do and um, even if their goal initially for the government is to put regulations on the internet service providers and that's the sole reason why they want this thing to go through I can pretty much guarantee that that will not be the end of it that like the government will continue to regulate and put boundaries on the internet in my opinion as time continues to go on and the internet becomes a more and more everyday part of our life thing and that's like a big brother thing for me that that's that puts me at unease or disease and so um i don't know i, well, I was just gonna glean what you maybe you thought from it from an outside perspective yeah i just see that they definitely have the power to kind of do whatever they want and that's scary mm-hmm. but i think rather the answer being the government limiting them or taking actions against them because even though they're definitely, you know, monopolies and they have the potential to really hurt consumers. In a lot of ways, they are right now. And I think that's where a lot of the struggle is coming from is that right. they're being very unfair mm-hmm. and we can't do anything about it. I think it would be better that if the government would just take actions to give startup independent internet providers a better chance mm-hmm. against them. Or even fund it, or, or not fund it, but like back it, or the cause, or something. Well, see, I don't, I don't want them to get too involved. I just, I want the answer to be people voting with their wallet and maybe not choosing the big providers and having an option to go with someone small where maybe I see that all these providers are super unfair and people are unhappy, so I'm going to create my own internet company and do things the way I think they should be done. And even if I'm tiny, I can just build little bits at a time. And as long as I am able to keep my own business running without feeling like without being completely destroyed by the monopoly. Yeah. And maybe that does take some government help or laws. I'm, you know, I'd rather it go that way rather than them just like dismantle these huge mm-hmm. kind of companies and just get their hands in it. You right. Know? Yeah. And, but the, like another thing to bring up is most of where this kind of stemmed from were complaints by citizens an individual saying that like us having to deal with the system the way it is right now and the hoops and hurdles we have to jump through in order to get basic cable and stuff and you know just all these things were public outcry and so i think the the government kind of had a, a obligation to respond to these things but i also think that it is more likely that people are going to voice an opinion about something that they have a problem with than for people to say that they, you know, agree with this being how it should be. You know, like there's going to, if you bring up a controversial issue, there's going to be more people saying this is wrong because of this than there are people being like, this is right because of this. You know, I, I think that there's a natural inclination to... It's easier to complain. Well, not easier to complain, but people who want their voices heard are usually people that have a problem with it. Yeah. Like the, I feel like the people that don't have a problem with it are people like, oh, well, it's the way it is for that, and I don't really need it's to like, speak, I don't need to speak it's out. It's like about Yelp, it, you know? all the reviews are typically bad because yeah, when you right? have a bad time, you're going to, yeah. yeah. And like some, you know, you have the people that like do review good on Yelp, but I'd say that there's a lot more people that just like have an agenda to find places that they don't 
agree with and then you know put that stuff out so you're saying that maybe it's not quite as bad as we're making it out to be i'm saying that the public outcry is totally slanted toward people that are not happy with the way things are going and that are pushing for net neutrality but i think that that's skewed by the pushing for the government they're pushing for yeah the government to regulate this stuff but i also think that that's not a representative sample of people's true opinions across America. I think that like the people that have spoken are very like like they want their voices to be heard and so they speak out about it and really are passionate about it. So it seems like they're kind of the majority, but I don't know if they're really the majority or not, you know. Like, and and also it seems the most popular answer is the government and maybe we can explore other avenues besides right? just regulation. Yeah, know? I mean, I just I'm going to be so sad if the internet as we know it, the ability, and, and, and think about it like this too. If we have um, the FCC come in and start reg- putting regulations on the internet, then we're just going to be starting a chain reaction for countries all around the world to be doing the same thing. Oh, well, they already do, dude. Yeah, well, they do, but I mean, we're. Look at it, China. But we're going to be like trailblazing the notion that the internet should be regulated and then other people are going to be seeing this going on and they're going to be like, if they do regulate it, they're going to make it even more, they're going to be regulating it even more because they have somebody as powerful as America saying that that's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I, I don't, don't, don't want to get too stuck on like a slippery slope sort of argument, but it is interesting because this has been going on for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's always blowing up on Reddit and it's just something good to like keep an eye out and we'll just, we'll keep, Seeing yeah. what's going to happen. I just hope the internet stays wild and free, like a stallion <laughs> in like, the wind. No, <laughs> no saddle, no rider on its back, just a good old naked stallion running across the tr- countryside. Big old dong. Blade. <laughs> <laughs> just flopping around. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Oh, we're knocking beers over. Yeah, that's my fault. Okay. Um, so I'm going to follow up on something that we talked about last week. It's Do it a, to it's it. It's official. Big guy. Microsoft bought Mojang. Okay, cool. For two point five billion dollars. Two point five bees. That's a lot of money, dude. The beesies. Um, so all three creators of Mojang stepped down and left the company. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really have too much. I feel like we talked a good a bit about what this could mean for Microsoft as far as using the Minecraft name uh, last week. So I just instead want to focus on the guy who actually created Minecraft, um, Marcus Pearson. Yes. His name is, code name is Notch. He wrote, <laughs> That's cool. He wrote a little blog kind of saying his attitudes, why he's selling, and how it all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll be interesting. And he kind of like, this guy, I feel like he kind of plays the like tortured poet kind of card. I you can know? totally see that, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna read you. A, I'm gonna read you a quote. He says, um, "I don't see myself as a real game developer. I make games because it's fun and because I love games and I love to program, but I don't make games with the intention of them becoming huge hits. And I don't try to change the world. Minecraft certainly became a huge hit, and people are telling me it's changed games. I never meant for it to do either." Um, and then he goes on to say, "I didn't have the connection to my fans that I thought I had. I have become a symbol." I don't want to be a symbol responsible for something huge that I don't understand, that I don't want to work on, and that keeps coming back to me. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a CEO. I'm a nerdy computer programmer who likes to have opinions on Twitter. Hmm. And so 
it's almost it's kind of weird because he also he mentioned that he'll never make anything as big as Minecraft ever again. Yeah, and it's it's almost it is a little sad that this thing kind of got so out of hand that he couldn't deal with it and he didn't want to deal with it, and. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. On the one side, you're like, why are you complaining so much? You just got 2.5 Bs or a share mm-hmm. of that. On the other side, yeah. I mean, I understand. Like, n- having such spotlight and significance placed on you and just, like, everything that you do because of something that might not even be, like, one, it might not even be your own... It's not like he... Did he make this by himself and he had the other people, like, help him bring it to the public? He pretty or? much did, like... Uh, Mojang is the, pretty much the very definition of an indie company where they released the alpha game on Steam and you could buy in to early access at a very early date before it was released. And so you basically got to play the game as they were making it and give them input. Mm-hmm. And it was just this thing that he was pretty much working on almost by himself, maybe with the help of some others and slowly but surely. And then it finally released and just exploded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Spotlight's not for everybody. And I think that, uh, you know, it's everyone has kind of this dream, silver lining dream that, like, maybe they'll be able to produce something or make something that influences people so much to the point where everyone just thinks you're the shit. Everyone, like, hinges on your every move, and that would be so cool. But at the same time, like, when you take people that aren't necessarily you know, good for a position like that or, or they don't enjoy that kind of stuff. Don't like, even I, want it. Yeah, I totally understand that guy's point of view. It's like, I didn't... I didn't make this so it would be this revolutionary thing that everyone freaking, you know, made me seem like a demigod for. It's like, it's yeah. just this thing that I made and I liked it and see you later. And it is a, bu- <laughs> yeah. it is a bummer that he's just like, I don't have the relationships I thought I had with my fans. Mm-hmm. And because he definitely, you know how the internet is. It's just. What a, does he mean by that? I mean, what is he getting at with that? I think he means that, you know, there's a lot of negativity on the internet and uh-huh. you just sort of do what you set out to do creatively and next thing you know people are like giving you death threats because you didn't put something into a recent patch you know it's really bad out there it's really bad out there Mm -hmm. anyway i just want to touch on that and go ahead and confirm that they've been bought that's huge for microsoft i can't wait to see what's going to happen how they're going to utilize this Mm -hmm. because in a lot of ways it sets a really uncommon I guess not precedent because it's happened before, but it's very uncommon for a company to own a studio exclusively and still have all the games on all the other platforms. Yeah. But the thing for me is what's weird is that you said that all three creators are stepping down Mm -hmm. and therefore none of them are going to be a part of the next thing in Microsoft. Like they won't be a part of Microsoft at all. They're they're just going to be doing their own different things. Yeah, they're gone. That sucks. That's like the heart and soul of that game, leaving. And so how can you say that Microsoft's going to continue to be able to like uphold the spirit of the game it's a with great point. Gone, That's a know? great point. They, Why wouldn't you at least want one of them on the team with you or something? They're probably on a beach right now, you know. <laughs> but like at those beezies. That's a great that's a great <laughs> point cuz yeah, they might have the entire team and all that, but they lost the creative brain yeah. that really made it what it was. And so um yeah, we'll just see what happens with that. It's a but it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. It's a good good move for Microsoft. I think that it is too, especially the cash cow that that freaking that game is. Mm-hmm. Well, did you have anything else? I actually don't. Okay. Well, then last but not least, um, Destiny has become the world's best-selling new franchise. Damn. Do you it, have stats for that? It made $325 million worldwide in its first five days. Oh! <laughs> That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Damn. It's pretty intense. That's just straight-up sales, right? That's just sales, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's killing it right now. 
God, man, video games, just getting these freaking outrageous sums of money is just so crazy. They make more money. The video game industry makes more money than the movie industry. Which is wild. Every year. Yeah. I think that that has a certain amount to do with the, about, the, the ability for you to be able to interact with it at your heart's desire. And the know? cost. Yeah. Like, $60 a pop. Right. Yeah. You know? There's, there's art where you can see it and be like, oh, that was really interesting. And then there's art where you can play it and be it. Yeah. You know, and that's and more fun. <laughs> lose yourself in it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Did, I'm sure, you know, everyone uh, knows that Chase likes games. And therefore, Chase has been playing Destiny I a dabble. lot. You dabble. Not uh, as much as I wish I could. Yeah, these... but you still have been, you know, I've been watching you play, dude. Prob- it's pretty fun. You, want, you have anything you want to, like, talk about? Yeah, or? I've probably put, like, five hours into it. Um, and I do kind of want to just air my first impressions out there for maybe anybody who hasn't played it or is just curious. Um, and I'll give a third perspective from a yeah. person perspective. Well, when I was first telling you, I was a little, when I first started playing it, I was a tad unimpressed. Um, the gameplay was just shooting gameplay. I thought that the ghost, I thought Peter Dinklage's performance as your ghost companion was a little flat. And I didn't, I didn't really know what I was getting into. That being said, it's definitely turned around in a big way for me. The things that I really enjoy about it, now when it comes to gameplay, it has this feeling of like quick fluidity where you can pretty much be anywhere on the map in a pretty quick amount of time. There's so much verticality. And, yes, which is dope. And, Destin, to watch. Or, and Bungie has done, has always done an amazing job at map design and map mm, creation. I agree. And they know that this verticality was going to be a part of it. And so even though you have these large-scale maps where little bitty encounters can happen everywhere, it seems everywhere on the map there's at least like four or five different ways to tackle whatever's coming up against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah. You know? it, it livens it up. The game is gorgeous. The graphics are amazing. Uh, more importantly, though, like the skyboxes. Like when you just stare up into Describe. the sky and look at space oh. and the planets around you, it is breathtaking. Yeah. And that's kind of like a, a word that may have lo- has lost its meaning <laughs> yeah. throughout the years, but not seriously. It's, yeah. a, it's great. It's incredible. And then, of course, you have the music. And Ooh, when yeah. the you know, I know you like the music. Yeah, right? and yeah. when the fighting is starting, it does a great job at kind of like pushing you forward and like getting your your energy going. So it's like building like the timpanies and stuff in the back. Yeah, and and so <laughs> and then when that's done, it does a great job at like mellowing out and creating a really good mood to just go like explore it. Yeah, mm-hmm. love all that. It has a perfect combination in my eyes between sci- uh, science. It's a perfect sci-fi game. It has a lot of uh, fantasy in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sci-fi and fantasy combined. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things about it is that it it takes old RPG tropes and builds on them. Yes. While respecting them. Correct. So you have games for years now that where you fight just the basic enemy types are like goblins um, and stuff like that. Hobgoblins. <laughs> and all of those names are still in this game, except instead of them being green little ghoulies. They're yeah. like crazy robots. Yeah. And the robots are called Goblin, Hobgoblin, Minotaur, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And it's really cool that they're able to sort of take used... Um, like archaic... Archetypes sort of, yeah. and redefine them in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then like when I see them, I just like smile. I'm like, oh... This is your goblin, you know. Right. It's it's this is your version of the guy of of the fodder yeah. that I'm going to run through. Yeah, that's which crazy. I think is really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. 
now here comes the downsides. Okay. And I'm also going to echo, um, I've been reading a lot of reviews that are finally coming out on the game, and I'm going to, I agree with a lot of what's been said, mm-hmm. but this is also sort of like the basic sentiment around there. Okay. This game was so ambitious and tried to be so many things that it's starting to kind of fall flat in Come certain on. areas. Because they're not able to wholeheartedly direct all their attention into one facet because they're trying to do all of it. Yeah. So when it was first pitched, it was going to be this like grand open world shared shooting experience. Okay. And I feel it's not exactly as open world as we would have liked. I would kind of describe it as maybe like an open area game. Okay. Where you can sort of dive into these really big areas that are definitely detailed, but they're still the same areas every time. It's just like a huge map. Yeah. It's just a giant map. Yeah. Um, the RPG elements and the loot system, which the loot system is... I thought you kind of liked that. It has some good... It has some smart things about it where when you, when you become a level 20, you don't gain experience by killing people anymore. You gain experience from getting loot, okay. which gives you incentives not to just go out and kill people, but to go, to go out and finish missions. Finish the kill the right people. Yeah, <laughs> and adds to the game's longevity, which I think is really smart. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like the loot, um, the little bitty perks that come with each piece of armor don't differentiate themselves enough to really create this like outstanding, these vastly different characters. Yes. I think the three classes generally play almost the same, where they only have like they have two different supers, but mm-hmm. they can every class can use any gun they want and still yeah. be proficient in it. Mm-hmm. And there's really not much different differentiation there. So you'd like you'd like to have like more clear-cut lines between the different ki- types of characters in the game yeah. and the loot system reinforcing those differences. Yeah, or? and, and it, the loot is slow to where like you're not really getting too much until like 11, level 11 to 13, so it's kind of like a really slow build, mm-hmm. um, and which is a little... takes the breath out of you. Mm-hmm. The multiplayer component is definitely fun. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the maps are great because Bungie is, has a history of great map design. Yes. But the biggest gripe I have, and one of the biggest ones on the internet, is the storyline. Mm-hmm. The storyline, there's only like a couple cutscenes. And hmm. granted, that's not Bungie. Every like. cutscene I've watched is amazing. I really like them because, I, like I told you, I think there's like this melodramatic feel to them. Right. Where to me, it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> where it's like it's these super like heavy emotions that almost seem unwarranted, right. but they still work but because still of it. There. Yeah. And it's, which <laughs> still is lingering, which is kind of cool. But I've realized that all of the narrative is either just told to you at the beginning or into the mission mm. or is just sort of like said in the tower area. It's just like, you don't really know what's going on and it's mm. sort of bland, but the cutscenes are cool. But to finish it all up, last but not least, the gameplay is excellent. Yes. Um, playing it, is a joy. Mm. And on top of that, you know, when I played Diablo, I didn't care about the story. I would skip story missions just so I could get right back into the game so I could keep killing people. Right. And like, yeah, the story might fall flat a Mm. little bit, which is a real disappointment considering how Bungie like revolutionized uh, storytelling in first person shooters because it was pretty much non-existent until Halo. I agree. But once I'm done watching the lackluster storytelling, I just get right back into killing people. It's a blast, <laughs> you know? Well, awesome, man. Uh, if you could put a number on it, what would you put it? I'm not going to yet. You know? I okay. need to keep playing. He's, uh, he's rejected. I'm feeling at about a seven right now. My numbering system. Um, 
We're about to go to a break. I'm going to give a little one-minute excerpt go ahead. of my my third-person perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been watching me play. Yes, I have. Um, I agree that the map design is awesome. Even stuff just like the shadowing and stuff and the lighting. Uh, the art, used, de- art design's incredible. Yes, it's awesome. And it's like, I can watch that game and just look at the map and the different places that Chase is going, and it's like, that in and of, it, in and of itself is an experience. It's, it's cool. Uh also, I also like the uh, the villains and stuff, and how there are different kind of ways that you approach. Like the said, like the fact that like some of the villains that he has to go against, most of them are uh, headshots that are like you know the one hit kills, and then they change the position on the headshots for people, which is pretty cool. Like some some people's headshots is in their stomach, it's, so that's yeah, it's a, it really like changes up how you play the game. It's great gameplay technique that mm-hmm. makes you relearn muscle memory, mm-hmm. and it keeps the game interesting. I also love the verticality and the movement abilities of the people like the fact that you have the double jump and um which is such a great classic video game trope yeah and they know that they're a video game and Mm -hmm. they they really just accept that yeah so uh i was a little worried whenever i first started watching you play that it was just going to be like a souped up halo Mm -hmm. and i still am a little bit kind of like that yeah but um overall i think that they did a good job of differentiating themselves i think that they had a lot of the same kind of like visions in mind as when they were approaching halo but i think that they adequately use the technology at their disposal and like their understanding of yeah like the RPGs and 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 just being able to develop a game that could stand on its own instead of just be like another bungee game yep. you know I think the one thing that's going to like what time will tell about this game is if it's a titanfall kind of thing where it came out everyone consumed it for 3 weeks and moved on moved on if this game sticks around for like six months, seven months, and is still what people are playing, then you know that it has the legs. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if maybe once the next big game comes out, if people put it down, yeah. that'll be the true test. Okay. All right. You want to go to a break? Yes. All right. We're going to take a little halftime. We'll be right back, guys. All righty. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. All right, guys, we're back. We've collected ourselves. We've got our breath, and uh, we're ready to tell you a little bit more about this beer. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to pour up another beer. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I, I finished my beer. <laughs> that should have been the thing I did at the halftime. What was That's I doing okay. that whole time? That's not because I shook it up. That's just the beer talking to me. That's so crazy, man. I don't really even know how to take that. <laughs> yeah, it explodes. It's like, does it like me it. or does it not like me? I'm so happy to see you. I can't even contain myself. <laughs> I'm just exploding with excitement. <laughs> okay. Um, this beer is great. Yeah. It's, it's simple and elegant is how I would put it. It, okay. it feels like... I mean, I really do feel like I should be in a pub right now. Yeah. Where it, all the furniture is wooden. I feel like this is straight pub beer, man. It's like totally. It's very well-defined pub beer. But yeah, it's incredibly smooth. The malt is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it feels thick mm-hmm. and like just simple and silky. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I love it. I think this is cool. I mean, look, if you're looking, if you're watching the video right now, you should look at this. This is just like... It's like the beer that is the pretty amber part is eroding away, and the uh, the the creamy foam part is just like building up, and it's just so cool. I wonder but. if this is on nitro. Like it's just it's too, <laughs> it's too smooth, man. It's on nitrous, man. It's got those turbo. But no, um, I really also love this beer. Um, or no, I'm not gonna say love yet. But the fact that it's so 
it literally goes down like water, but not in a bad way. It's not like Bud Light going down like water. It's like, it's so easy. And I think that a lot of it comes from the lack of carbonation. Yeah. There's almost zero carbonation in this beer, and I freaking love it. And I'm starting to get to the point where like the more carbonation a beer has that I can that I can taste and that I can identify, the less I like that beer. But um <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> but uh yeah, so really smooth. Um it doesn't linger for very long. It has a nice body, a nice um yeah, the the, the fruity aroma. Um yeah, great malty taste. It's good stuff, dude. Yeah, it's hard to really say more about it because I feel it is simple, but it's elegant. But, but I think that that's kind of what they're going for, you know, yeah. and I think that they, they did that well. So, okay. therefore, we don't have to talk a whole lot about it because it is simple. We don't have to do our jobs. <laughs> we can just keep drinking. No, we just did our jobs. Our All jobs right, man. Good. It's segment time. Are it you ready for it? Time? Okay. Well, I am ready. We're going to bring back another oldie. Ooh. And I hope we offend somebody. Beep-a-beep-a-beep. We're going to do a little Mary Boff kill action. Mary Boff kill. Okay, I'm going to go first. All right, let's do it. So, Hunter, Mary Boff kill. Okay. Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. I already know what I'm going to do with her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you? All right, go on. Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Laura Croft, okay. Or Velma from Scooby-Doo. Velma from Scooby Doo. Yep, you kind of got. She's like, like not even hot, man. Like the other two girls are hot, dude. But she's got like the. She's smart. She's she's got the she's nerdy got great personality, and she's got the glasses. <laughs> but like you can't really tell what's you can't going tell on. What's really yeah. underneath there's, that orange sweater. There's a little, <laughs> <laughs> it's that red skirt, you know. She's a mystery waiting to <laughs> be Love solved. Love those girls with glasses, black room glasses. All right, so um, I'm gonna kill uh, Velma. Is that her name? Yeah, Velma. Okay. Poor Velma. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead. I'm going to marry Lara Croft, and I'm going to boff. Why are you going to marry Lara Croft? Because it's just like the adventure because side? Because she's like a empowered woman that could accomplish anything. Yeah. She's like independent, and she can do her own thing. She's got two guns. She's killed hella monsters and stuff, <laughs> you know? So I'm, uh, I'm going to marry Lara Croft. And I'm thinking of Angelina Jolie, Lara Croft, by the way. Naturally. And then uh, <laughs> I'm going to boff the hell out of uh, Bulma just because she, you know, she's Bulma. She's got blue hair. I've always, I, I've always thought that, like, anime girls with, like, ridiculous hair colors, I always thought that super was like, kind of sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I could see a girl with blue hair and not be like, damn, that girl's hair is weird. Like, now, like, because when I see it in anime, I'm like, damn, that's cool. And then when I see it in real life, I'm like, that doesn't work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So those are, those are my answers. Uh, I have one for you now. Okay. But I just want to say that I agree. Okay. With your... With my statements? Yeah. Okay. But, because even when, the second Bulma hit the scene on Dragon Ball Her whole Z, thing was a sexualized, yeah. like, you were just, you were just it. like, okay. She even tried to lure Goku into, like, giving him the Dragon Ball through sexual favors and stuff. And he was like, why would I want to see that part of your body? <laughs> You're <laughs> like, yes, go. <laughs> Don't give a crap about that. All right. So my Mary Boff kill scenario. This was way more ab- abstract than yours. A pear, <laughs> a tree or a table. <laughs> <laughs> Careful right, so, there. <laughs> yeah, I got a little excited. So um, we all my, are three, right now. my three are, they're all from animated uh, movies. We both went, damn it, they're yeah. the same theme. Hey. Pound. <laughs> Cake. Right, that was a good one. All right, so um, <laughs> my first one, Dory from Finding Nemo. 
Oh my goodness. My what one, the hell, dude? Rafiki from Lion King. Is Rafiki a chick? No. And my third one is Sebastian from Little Mermaid. <clears throat> so I've got. Okay, this you is. You got Dory the fish. You got Sebastian the crab, and you've got Rafiki the baboon. So I just gotta pick which gay relationship <laughs> I want. <laughs> it doesn't have to be gay or not gay, man. These are all animals. This is straight up. Uh, this, is a, this is a perplexing one, and that's why I'm posing it. Well, to I'm you. not gonna buff Sebastian because you wouldn't buff him because buffing in in claws. <laughs> Don't, Don't mix to me. <laughs> Crabs know one thing and one thing only, and that's to crush with claws. <laughs> okay. Under the sea. But snip, snip. A, but he's like the coolest Jamaican crab you can ever hang out with. I mean, yeah. Hanging out with him would be great. Talking like this, man. <laughs> but boffing him would not be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But see, with, with Rafiki, like, he's an old wise dude. Yes. But I feel like he's the kind of wise dude that, like, I would get real sick of. <laughs> you know? Hitting you over the head all the time. Yeah, I would be... <laughs> I'd be home, and he's in the living room. I'm in the kitchen making toast, and he's like, you know, you should really cook that toast a little you less. You should be doing this. You know what? I don't need you to tell me what I need to do, Rafiki. Be a little more patient with the toast. <laughs> don't tell me to be more I'm patient. Like, Dude, I'm headed up to here with your red ass. <laughs> Seriously. Your stupid stick. But at the same time, Dory's an idiot. She's. That's why I opposed. She's endearing. She's, for sure. Yeah, she's great. She's funny. She's but funny. She won't even remember you 10 seconds from now. So That's true. What are you going to do? I'm really... Okay, I'm about to say it. What are you going to do? I'm going to marry Sebastian. <laughs> okay. Because he's got the cool Jamaican vibe. He's got the cool... Yeah, it's hard to not chill with, with Sebastian. I get it. I'm going to kill Dory. <laughs> and I'm going to boff a monkey. <laughs> you made Pretty me say man. it, Hunter. <laughs> I'm going to boff a monkey. And that's why we have witty banter. Now, <clears throat> maybe that wisdom will come through... A little differently in that scenario. I would get, I would do this, okay? I would marry. You like to touch my I stuff. I would marry Rafiki. Okay, why? Because he's wise, and he's I think I could be learn. An asshole. But I could learn from him every day, Ugh. even if it's not something I want to learn. Okay, I'm gonna learn from this guy. All right, fine. He's just got wisdom, and two, he's cool. Two, I'm going to boff Dory. Okay. Why? Because she'll forget about it and she'll <laughs> go away and it'll be whatever. It won't. No strings attached. I don't have to perform very well because <laughs> she's not going to tell anybody. Yeah, she's a chick and she, you know, whatever. And then I'm going to kill Sebastian because of the claws. Yeah. You can't. You can't be like physically interacting with them claws. Exactly. You don't want to be putting yourself in, in danger. And I don't want to limit his own personality by like <laughs> not letting him utilize the one thing that he's got in this world. The sea. The cl- <laughs> yeah, you know. Or the claws. The claws. Like, okay. that's what he was born with. Yeah, I understand. All right, Let man. him do his thing. Well, let's go ahead and check the mailbag, and uh, then we'll get out of Ooh, here. Ooh, do we have mail? We have mail. It's, it's mail corner. Boom! Yeah. So Nick is mailed in. Yay. And um, what was funny is the subject line of the, <laughs> the, of the email, email. Okay. was the emoji just for an eggplant. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That just cracked like. me up. <laughs> Nick. So Nick says, hey, ass asps, in your opinion, what's the manliest thing you know how to do? As Ooh. always, get slung, you dung bunglers. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, for your awesome question. I actually really like this question. Yeah. Um, Thank I'm gonna, you. I'm Nick gonna... is the poster child of witty banter. That's why he he's has his own the, corner. He's the reason why everybody else listening should feel guilty. Because <clears throat> yeah. he's our friend. And he emails the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com every week. He not only supports us in spirit, but he supports us with his actions. And Thank that you. And that is uh, very 
well felt and appreciated. Can we call that true you? friendship? <laughs> I think we can. Okay, and I want to preface this by saying this is a this is an interesting topic to broach because yeah. everybody has a different definition of what manly is. That's what I was saying. It was like manly because like only men can do it. Like like snort and grunt and hakalugi manly. Or, yeah. Or like, are you talking about like legit? most interesting man in the world, manly. Or like, you know, oh, I don't true. know. There's just a lot of different kind of ways to perceive manliness. So uh, do you want to take it first or you want me to? You go first, dude. Oh, man, you're going to... Yeah. You flustered? Okay. The most manly thing that I know how to do, I think that I have a certain ability that has been passed on to me from my father to be able to work with tools. Hell Yes. And uh, kind of solve problems that don't have clear-cut solutions, but be able to kind of like overcome those problems with the, the tools that I have at my disposal and ingenuity. So I, I, I like my ability to be able to kind of like fix things and mechanically work on them and understand them and then like solve it. You give Hunter a problem and a toolbox. And some math and a piece of paper and a pencil. <laughs> and 24 hours later, you've got a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank you. Yeah, that's that's the goal, right? <laughs> well, the, okay. So the manliest thing I can do, like like I said, I have to think: is it uh, manly because only men can do it, or is it manly just because like the attitudes behind it? Because it's the shit. So I'm gonna pick something that is manly because I don't think I've ever heard a female once in her life brag about this. Okay. And this is something that I've done recently <clears throat> within the last couple of days. Okay. But I have an uncanny ability. To clog toilets. <laughs> <laughs> this has been like a motif the last week. <laughs> yes. I'm talking like one single piece, enough girth to plug a hole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, well, good for you, man. <laughs> thank you. Hoorah. That's the manliest. That's more of the, the grunt and hockaloogie, man. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Nick, for your question. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I think that the fact that you ran a marathon was pretty damn manly, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of chicks running marathons, too, though. I think that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> marathons are cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's put numbers on these beers. You trying to go ahead and hop into the number section? Yep. Okay. I'll go first, because you've been going first the last few ones. All right, I'm, sounds good. I've been putting the pressure on you a lot. Thank you. I'm just going to take the back road to this one. Yeah, I'm going to sure. relieve it a little bit. I feel bad. <laughs> I really do. All right, do it to it, man. With this one, the majority of where my number is coming from is actually going to be the experience that okay. I associate this beer with. Okay. And uh, Which I think is perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there's, here. There's no, uh, there's no regulations on what makes your number your we number. We create our own scale. Guess what? Our, uh, our mind frame is our scale. But if you disagree, you can create your own damn podcast. <laughs> or mail in, yeah. please. And or tell, tell us, us why, why it's wrong, Ugh. please. I would love, I would honestly love a scathing email of why I'm bullshit. Yeah. I would read that on air. I would love criticism. Email us in and tell us why we suck. Please. I would be elated. better from that, you know? Come on. Be elated. So, smells delicious. It it just kind of smells like, I don't want to say caramel. But it's light. It's not like this overwhelming smell. Okay. It's got like this like sweet but floral um, smell to it great the taste is just like oh my god i want to go find whatever barley they just made or got this from and like make a loaf of bread from it it's so good (laughs) yeah 
And as it goes down, it's like the smoothest, one of the smoothest so beers smooth. I've ever drank. It's ridiculous. Ever. Um, but it's super easy to drink because it's low in alcohol. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you can just knock them back with your buddies. We, uh, yeah, I knocked the first one down easy. It's so facto, I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so because of that, I'm going to give this an 8.5. Okay. I can't give it up into the nines or anything because it doesn't have like the flavor complexity I want. But I can go and tell you right now that like if I'm just picking up a, um, a, a four pack of beers because friends are coming over and I kind of want to seem cool and impress them with like a out of the ballpark choice, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick this one and they're gonna freaking love it. Okay. Eight point five. This is a yeah. It's a solid number. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight. Okay. I'm a little bit below you, and here's why. While it was incredibly smooth, I think that the best thing that I could take away from this was how smooth it was. Yes. Um, and pretty. Yeah. This is pretty. The, uh, it was, yeah, aesthetically, I'd give it almost a 10, maybe. Yeah. Like, it was, it was incredible to see, one, just how the foam was being developed from the pour. Yeah. And two, to see the contrast between, like, the top of the head, which looked kind of like a porter or a milkshake, and the body of the actual beer, which looked more like a lager or like a really light beer. So, and, and then the color is great too. So, aesthetically, I was like, boom. This is like boom. solid as hell. Ka-boom-boom. The only thing that I will draw back from it is I wish one that there was a little bit more alcohol and a little bit more body behind that smoothness. Now, let me ask you this can you really knock it for not having much alcohol? Because when you buy it and it's on the. You, yeah, the you're, you're, you're buying into how much alcohol is in. I understand. That's fine. But, like, I'm saying if. if if I could take this beer and if you asked me to improve it in any way, I would want it to have a little bit more alcohol mm-hmm. and I would want it to have a little bit more body and hopefully be able to retain that smoothness with that body. Okay, so not like feel as thin. Yeah, as it, it, I right. think that it's almost smooth to a fault. It's like a little bit. Like I love how smooth it is, but I would like to have a little bit more body behind it. So okay. I'm going to give it an eight because my overall experience was very similar to yours and I had a, um, a it was a joy to be able to review this beer. But um, it's not so amazing that I'm just going to like sing its praises. I think that it's a super solid pub beer, and I would totally recommend it to somebody else if they asked if it's a good beer, for sure. Great. Well, that's a wrap. That's been Witty Banter, episode number 29. A good one. Thank you for listening. You can find Witty Banter. We are on Twitter. Yes, at Witty Banter Show. Mm-hmm. We are also on iTunes. Search Witty Banter and then hit subscribe. Every week, the episode will show up in your download queue for free without a, you doing anything. We're a big deal, so it's, it's kind whatever. of a big deal. You know. We're also on YouTube now. Yes, we're excited to be posting videos now. You can see awesome. our ugly mugs on YouTube <laughs> by searching Witty Banter. We're on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. You can yep. email the show like Nick does every week. Witty Banter Show at gmail.com. Please do. I myself am on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wrote, man. That's all she wrote. So we hope you guys have a great weekend whenever you're listening to this. We know we're going to have a great Maybe weekend. Maybe nine years in the future. <laughs> Happy Friday on 2023. 20, <laughs> God, whatever happened to Microsoft uh. and that Mojang. All right, guys. It's been great. Uh, until next time. Beat up beep. Have a good day. Beat up beep beep. Beep, <laughs> <laughs>